This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hey everybody, it's Chris and Hannah Kirkpatrick with Life 180, and we're back for the second video on our playlist. This is going to be a lot of fun. I just fixed my hair. You did? What? I was so that girl. Uh, Sorry. She's just like looking in the camera. I was so anyway, fixed. Do we want to start again? No, that was perfect. We're going with that. You're totally going to be embarrassed. Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Building a business is hard enough on its own without adding in the complication of, you know, people you love. There's a ton of content and information from great people about how to hustle your face off to succeed. And there's also a lot of great information about how to have a successful marriage. We couldn't find anything that bridged the gap. Like, what do you do when you want to build a kick-ass business, but you still want to make sure that you keep your family as the number one priority? So after 18 years together, oh wow, and building lots of businesses, some that succeeded and some that crashed and burned, Chris and I are here to get real with what has worked, what hasn't worked, and how we are continuing to be intentional about growing not only the success of our businesses, but our marriage as well. So join in as we share our tips, tricks, failures, and stories with other successful entrepreneurial couples. Welcome to Business with Benefits. So, so all right. <laughs> I think um, after our first video, we, uh, we've been talking a lot um, and getting feedback, and it's been, for the most part, really amazing. Um, and we were talking earlier about the concept of this, this work-life balance and kind of what a joke it was, right? <laughs> like it's, but at the same time, it's kind of important to understand like what is work-life balance? Why does it actually become an issue? Um, because you know, we, we're both driven, entrepreneurial-minded individuals that have worked together as a couple running multiple businesses for 18 years, essentially on some level, which man, we're getting old. The, you know, so we've been doing this a long time. Um, it hasn't always been pretty. Um, yeah. I'll say that, um, we'll probably save a lot of that for another video, honestly. Um, but it, you know, I, I haven't always been great at communicating like a lot of the stuff and a lot of the reasons that we're doing what we're doing is because the first eight to nine years of our relationship was a total train wreck. Like, I mean, there were a lot of good spots there too. I don't want to like totally diminish like our relationship for the first Mexico nine weekends years. Don't count as yeah. good spots. Honey. Okay, so yeah. but the first, the first, the first ten years was, or maybe maybe eight years was was a, a mess in a lot of ways. Like our communication was horrible. We weren't transparent with each other. There were a lot of secrets. There was a lot of distrust. There was a lot of insecurities. There was a lot of just resentment, resentment, those things that happen because quite frankly, you just don't trust each other. I think it all kind of builds from trust and, and you don't have, well, we did have a shared vision. We just didn't, weren't on necessarily the same track to get there i think we didn't invite each other into deciding how to get there yeah and making that intentional yeah and like getting opt-in so we always talk about in marketing i don't mean to hijack your introduction it's okay go ahead but it just made me think of it we mm -hmm. always talk about in marketing I'll you just need... drink my seltzer <laughs> you're allowed just so you guys know this is like our happy hour right now yeah the kids just went to bed um all three of them we yeah. made the older ones mm -hmm. put themselves to bed they're nine six and two and um, yeah, it's like 8.45 right now and my bedtime's in 15 minutes. So we're getting a little loopy, but we have decided- <laughs> Loopy with hot chocolate and seltzer, Hot by the chocolate way. in a reused Starbucks, by the way. I did not just go buy this. I keep them around. 
I'm thrifty like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Just saying. Um, but yeah, so we're doing this because it's a passion of the heart, right? Like that we both just feel this call to our hearts that it's important to talk about the the yucky stuff of marriages and mm. the, the yucky stuff of marriages plus business makes it even harder. Mm-hmm. And then marriages plus business plus entrepreneurial <clears throat> business or corporate business, they're yeah. both two different tracks that we each know very well because we've been in entrepreneurial life forever and we've been in career consulting. It, there's a hot mess it going is. on in there it for most mess. people. And so there's nobody that we really had to, to look up to, to learn from. And I think all of us do this, right, you guys? We bring in the only concepts of what our marriage is to look like, we bring in from our parents. Mm-hmm. And he brought in what he wanted to replicate and what he didn't want to replicate. And I brought in what I wanted to replicate and what I tried to avoid like the plague. <laughs> and that can be just as destructive, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we had a lot of tough years, just like anybody. But I think at this point in time, we're happier now than we really have been. Mm-hmm. And it isn't because of the money. It isn't because of the stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. it's lovely to have a wonderful house and to not worry at night that tomorrow the lights are going to be shut off. Um, but we never know a couple months from now. And that's the thing that we've learned, too. And we have to be able to operate in unknown and in those places of well, oh crap, what if? And in those places of fear. With anything. So for I me, mean, like, it's learning how to operate when you're in a state of unknown and in a place of fear. But mm-hmm. this video isn't supposed to be about that. So that's where <laughs> I am in the season of my life right now. Um, and maybe I'll do some of my own videos. But it, right, comes, it comes into everything. No, yeah. no, I'm... I'm feeling I'm feeling the hurt of what's happening in my life right now with an ill family member um, that's giving a lot of indecision, like a lot of unknown and a lot of fear mm. and a yeah. lot of how do you navigate through that unknown? And I think it's always been a crossroads for me and maybe some of you will relate to this, which is the only reason I'm talking about it. There's always that crossroads of do I become a turtle? <laughs> we call it my turtle syndrome. When I hit fear or overwhelm or what we say with the kids, big feelings, I'm crappy at naming my feelings. Sometimes I just know that they're a whole lot bigger than me. When I hit those, I can either turtle up and I tuck into my little shell and I don't want anyone to help me and I don't want to talk to you and I don't Mm. want to be intimate, I hate that word, and share with you to help me feel better. Or... I can try really consciously to go against my nature and to try mm-hmm. to connect with you and, and allow us to create a plan of how we're going to act intentionally through and in the indecision that we're in. And mm. so that's the season of my life uh, that I'm in right now with this in, I don't, indecision is the wrong word. It's uncertainty. Uncertainty. That's yeah. what I mean. Just take away all the times I said indecision and make it Replace it with uncertainty. Replace, yeah. Like control F, replace. Thank you. Um, Control F, it means find. Control F, find, and then replace. Okay. It's a find and replace situation. I got you. Anyway. um, But in those moments, when we choose the connection, Mm -hmm. that to me is what this conversation looks like. Mm. And and if it's in terms of work-life balance, which we don't like that term because we think that it's more seasonality. That's Mm -hmm. See, I was bringing it back. Oh, hey. Yeah, brought it back. See how I did that? Right. Brought it back to seasons. Yeah. As opposed to like a day-to-day work-life balance. Because folks, any of you who are in business for yourself or those who are even in corporate business, you know there is 
very difficult. It is very difficult to find a day-to-day work-life balance. We do our best, mm-hmm. but it's more like weeks or months of intensity and then withdraw and then intensity and then withdraw and well, you ride the waves. Yeah. I'll let you talk. And and so, no, that's, I think that's great. <laughs> like, I, I think I also don't want to lose sight of the fact that most people don't have uh, a, both a marriage or working relationship with their spouse like we have, right? So we've been forced to work on it a bit more. Um, we also were blessed and we talked about this in our first video, which if you haven't seen, I think was really good. Um, it was. I've gotten feedback saying so. You're the, not allowed to say that. I can. That's so I think arrogant. it was really good. I think, I think it was, it was really, really good. good. I think I, but it was quite here's amazing. why. It's like, no, I don't mean it like that. But I Do you want to fix your hair? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dork. The, um, God, I think it was really good. You were I, great. You know what? <laughs> the. You're unbelievable. The. We've, we've had the opportunity to kind of reset, even though the beginning of our relationship, the first several years was what I would classify as kind of a train wreck. We had the opportunity to kind of start over and redefine what our relationship was going to be like. And most people don't have that. And quite frankly, Mm -hmm. most people, not to toot our own horn, but like most people wouldn't have gotten through what we got through. And we'll probably save that for another video. Definitely. We'll no, definitely. We don't have enough time for definitely. that right now. Definitely. But we... we definitely. When we redefined, we... <laughs> thank you, Rayman. We... Um, <laughs> I was wondering. So we, you didn't even know the reference. You're I like, I know it's a movie reference. I know it is, but I don't know which one. So he'll call me out and I'll know what it is once he says it. That's exactly what you were thinking I about. I do love you for your brain. So... so at the end of the day, we, we got to redefine what we wanted this to look like. And that was what turned out as like what started as really hard and challenging and where everybody around us is like, how and why are you guys even trying to make this work has turned into 12 years later, 11 years later, looking at it from a perspective of like most people envy what we have, you know, and it, that's only because we live with a certain level of intention and accountability and transparency, which all leads to trust. Radical honesty. And radical honesty, which I would classify as transparency to like radical transparency. And creating a very safe space, as Mm -hmm. I like to touch on, because you can't have radical honesty and transparency and all those things without knowing as a partner how to receive those safely and, you know, not throw them back at the other person or Mm -hmm. use them against the other person or, you know, throw them under the bus or bring it up decades later or all of that. yeah, no, right. 100%, 100%. So you got to be careful with that. But, but like, all those are different videos. So, st- so today, to stick on the topic of what we're talking about, but I think it all plays <laughs> into this. I do because it always, all, it, yeah. it all plays into this. And, and that's why these topics, when we want to talk about a certain topic, it's really hard to stay on point because it, it all weaves together, yeah. right? Because there's certain principles of making this work that we've found for us that are kind of non-negotiable that, that, that play into every single part of your relationship and that Mm -hmm. that those are kind of the basic principles that you have to have and there's some other things but when it when it comes to um the work-life balance conversation you know it really kind of drives me i know i'm really good at that the the it it it's hard for me because i hate that statement i i really dislike it because there's no such thing as work-life balance um in the classic sense. And I would say that if you have an issue with work-life balance, if your spouse is getting upset with you 
with work-life balance. Here he goes. He's warming Here we up. go. Here he goes. If, you're, if your spouse is you getting upset me. with you with work-life balance, <clears throat> I would say that it's your fault that he or she's upset with you. And, and just for the sake of my vernacular, I'm just going to speak to men right now. But if you're a woman listening to this, know that I'm speaking to you and you could replace the word wife with husband. Just so I don't have to keep saying he and she and blah, 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 blah. So here we go. So I know it drives me crazy. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you run a business, it's hard. It's a grind. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of uncertainty. And when you're doing it alone i mean granted we do it together so we have to like communicate on a on a daily basis anyway and we have a different level of communication but even even so it wasn't always the case where it was easy and we didn't always communicate the best about it there and you still... always have other businesses that we're not each part of yeah and I, we're not always involved in all things in all we're them. each doing together we always have yeah. something going on together but like not everything and so there's always kind of uncertainty or unknowns going on there were and so I think it's really important to bring your spouse into the loop. Now, men, like, and wives, like, once again, I'm just going to speak to the men and just replace it. What I would tell you is that as soon as your wife comes to you and says, honey, I, I, I need you home. Like, the, you're, you're not balancing work and life. You know, it, it's, you're not ever here for me. You're not here for your kids. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. And all you think about is, that that dreaded i can't believe she's getting on my case i can't believe she's riding me like this like i'm doing this for my family i'm doing this to provide that is that is the most common thing that i hear that is one of the things that leads to divorce probably as much as anything else that people always say it's it's money that drives divorce right infidelity and money lead to divorce well i got news for you like those i would put as number two and three behind this which is the fact that you're not bringing your wife, your spouse into the loop to help her be like, uh, to give her the authority over what's going on with your business. Now, mm. that's really important to understand. Now, I'm not saying that's heavy. your wife should be running your business or that she, <clears throat> she should be in your business because she probably doesn't know what you do. It doesn't have your skills and like all these things. But what I am saying <clears throat> is that outside of your faith, the number one priority in your life is not your business, it's your wife. It's not your kids, it's your wife, period. And that is, that is the most important thing to understand. When you make the comment that, how can you be giving me this hard of a time because I'm doing this for our family? What you're saying is, your opinion doesn't matter, I'm doing this my way, you have no decision in the matter, and you just have to sit back and trust me when at the same time, you're basically saying you have to trust me without saying it. And she's thinking, how can I trust you? You never communicate with me. You never tell me. I don't know what the heck is going on. I don't know what you do. I have no insight to anything. Right. And so then what happens is resentment builds up on both sides, mm -hmm. which leads to you not performing at work well because you, you, it's constantly, you're tormenting yourself. You, you have like anxiety around it. Um, your, your wife is is home resenting you that you're not there, that you're not with the kids, that she didn't have a say in it, that you don't, she doesn't feel heard, she doesn't feel understood, she doesn't feel taken care of, she doesn't feel uh, like that you care or that you desire or that you wanna be around her or that you even care about her feelings. She always feels second to the business, right? 
Like when your wife feels second to your business, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you're on really thin ice. And I think men do that a lot specifically. And, and I'm, I'm sure some women do as well, but like they do that with the best of best intentions, intentions, right? Yep. I see that too. And, and it yeah, happens and I get it. And this is and not a judgment. In, it's your built in like provision. Provider. Right. Like, yeah, totally. And, and I think it, it, it's there, but we need to be really cautious to make sure that we're aware what we're doing and why we're doing it and make sure we have our priorities in alignment and make sure that it's not that you don't want to go work 80 hours if you need to work 80 hours. I mean, what you have to do, you have to do. But it's important about how you come to those decisions and the buy-in that you get. It's, it's not that hard. Trust me, it, it's way more difficult to not have those conversations and to not be bringing your wife into the loop and then to have years go down the road, have that hidden resentment build, to lose that connection, that intimacy, that um, all those things with your with your spouse, and then all of a sudden have it blow up in your face and then to really have to work hard to either rebuild it or deal with the consequences of, of not rebuilding it, which is like the worst thing of all for you, for your spouse, for your kids, for like all that. Like there's, that's why it happens. Like the money side comes after the infidelity side comes after the fact the infidelity side doesn't happen. You know, if, if, if the wife feels looked after, taken care of, feels like, you know, you, she's the apple of your eye. It feels like that, you know, taken care of, let me just, I know, I know you well enough to know when he says taken care of, taken care of emotionally, that mm-hmm. isn't like buying flowers or sending chocolates or taking mm. you to dinner or a date night once mm-hmm. a month. Yeah. Taking care of isn't some canned, let me do this for you like yeah. you're a child sure. or like you're this 50s housewife who is very easy to placate. Right. It's not making Taking sure care she, of is not placating. And it's not making sure that she's just got a nice house and a nice car and nice <laughs> no. things and then a good patio furniture and all the Going physical shopping. things and, 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 and yeah, yeah, shopping that she wants. It's making sure that her emotional needs are met. Yeah, right? and making sure that she feels empowered mm-hmm. to be a partner in the relationship and mm-hmm. in the in the business construct of the relationship. And I think mm. there's a big difference there. And mm. it's really sad, actually, as you were describing it. It just it breaks my heart that, you know, people set out there with these big visions, and then the guy, and I'm picking on the guy girl thing, but like because I'm as driven as the average guy too, and so you know we both share that. But <clears throat> and many of you women also are, so it can go, you know, anyway. That someone, the guy, let's say, just goes Mm -hmm. full bore to try to get his family to the goals that you originally agreed upon. The challenge is is that all of the the micro decisions that need to be made in a family and in a relationship along the way, like the daily decisions of who's dropping off the kids tomorrow, who's picking them up, Mm. what do you need for time for you, when do we have couple time today, do we have couple time today, no, we're going to have to put that off until next Thursday, mm-hmm. three weeks from now at, you know, 8 a.m. <clears throat> All right, cool. Let's schedule it in. Do we have parent time today? Like what just touching base on all of those little micro decisions, because those are the things that empower someone to feel like they have representation and they have um, influence on how their marriage is actually working. And if you don't have that, then she becomes the afterthought and she becomes the one that he comes home and says, well, how could you be mad at me? Because everything I do is for you. But she's resentful because she's like, hey, 
what you're doing is your decision and how you're doing it is your decision. And it's not, you didn't ask me if I wanted you to go out and work 110 hours this week or whatever, you know what I mean? You didn't ask me, you didn't involve me. And so then she feels resentful and we back mm. up and we go, um, you're doing that for you because I think you want to escape this family life because I think you want to escape having to talk to me about feelings and having to have these awkward conversations and having to do the mundane things in life that quite mm. frankly are way less fun sometimes like running a household than running a business or building a business. It's way sexier to build a business than it is Amen. to take the kids to school, to pick them up, to run them to whatever after school things to go grocery shopping to make dinner to clean the stupid dishes that never end to pick up their crappy socks all over the house like i'd rather be building a business folks mm -hmm. than doing that and even if the woman is doing that or even if the stay-at-home dad or whatever but you know what i mean even if the woman is doing that yeah. that's a super important role and she wants to and deserves to have the right to buy into what the rest of your well. schedule looks like well, at all. And if she doesn't, she feels like number two. And yeah. when someone feels like number two, eventually that's when mistakes happen, mm -hmm. that they meet someone who makes them feel like number one. And I know that that's a grisly topic to get into. Yeah, and we don't have time for that right now. Guys don't want to but... think about that. Nobody goes out looking for it, but that's yeah. how it's found. If your wife feels like number two to you, it doesn't matter if you feel like you're doing it for her. That's yeah. how mistakes like that happen. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, you know, a, to me... That's the most important part of this. And I, I was talking about it earlier is, is you need to make sure that your wife always feels like number one. One of the things that I would suggest, and I'm, I'm going to wrap this up is when it, the concept of work-life balance is, like I said, it's, it's, it's just kind of this figment of people's imagination. There's always going to be seasons. You're going to have to work hard, but what you, and, and, and sometimes you have to work hard for months, weeks, months, years at a time to get to where you want to go. But if you have a partnership, a true partnership with your spouse, and you guys talk about the vision, talk about not just the vision on where you want to go, but talk about wh what you're willing to do to get there, the sacrifices you're going to make, and understanding that you know if each of you that each of you are paying a price to accomplish that success. So if I'm running a business, and this isn't the case for us, but if I'm running the business and she's the stay-at-home mom, right? That for me to run my business and get it to where it's not just my business. I may be the person on the LLC. I may be the one who's doing all the work in that, but I can't achieve that and have that success without her running the business at home. And in order for that to be successful, it's both businesses have to mesh together and most people keep them divided. And so mm -hmm. for me as a CEO of my business, I have to talk to the CEO of the home business Ooh, that's and, good. and make it work together and and come yeah. up with a business plan and say okay our two businesses have to thrive together what is the home business willing to sacrifice this is so new what you is guys. <laughs> he's making this up as he goes <laughs> what is the this is amazing. what is the work business willing to sacrifice what do we need to sacrifice and what can we sacrifice and actually agree mm -hmm. to to actually get to where we want to go and if the answer is we can't sacrifice enough to get this quite there. Well, what are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to think that will get this, get us, and are we okay with that? And coming to those that place of it's agreement like together, it really is, and yeah. it's a constant ebb and flow. But if you start down that path together, and you can start anywhere, we did it horribly for ten years, and maybe eight years or so, eight nine years, whatever, and and, long time. and then for a long time, <laughs> You're and, such then, a numbers guy. and then and then after that, like we then made the decision to make a change. And 
when we first made the change, it wasn't perfect. And it took years of getting better. We read every book. We, we, read every we, book. we did all these things. We learned techniques we, to do this stuff. Like, everything. Yeah. You, you name it, we probably did it. And 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 so it, it was very intentional. And we will continue to. And so now, and, right. And we never rest on our laurels. We never take anything for granted. We always want to be making sure we you know, understand that we create safe space for each other, that, that, that we trust each other, that there's nothing that's off the table and that everything we do and we say and and whatever with each other is with love and with with the understanding that we both have the same goals and objectives and desires and we're not always on the same page we're not always we're not always like in agreement with certain things but when you communicate about it that's okay that doesn't have to blow things up i think yeah. too so too often people are worried about that so i would i would just say that the idea of work life balance that's only a problem because you're not having those tough conversations and you're not willing to acknowledge that maybe it's a challenge because what's considered work-life balance for you, you and your spouse are not on the same page about what's important in your life and what you actually want to do and how you want to get there. And so clear that up and that'll clear the problem of work-life balance in your life up. What do you think about that? Is that right? Sound good? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Cool. Spoil your wife. Well, happy wife, happy life. That's read, the other thing. Read, read the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, if you haven't already. We'll get into another video on that. Actually, let's, we'll do, probably, our next, we'll let's do our next video on that. Yeah, you I do love that? the love languages. Oh my right. gosh. And I just want to give an example too, if I could, uh, real quick. We got like two minutes. Work-life balance. I just want to let them know because it's like storytelling, right? To give you a little insight into not just preachiness, you know, whatever. Here's how it works for us. Here's our schedule. Sometimes, most mornings, many mornings. Chris will get up early. We both get up early. Yeah, six, between, you know, six. five. Just to say six. Five to six. And I am not a morning person at all. You do not want to speak to me before 10 a.m. Just how we roll. He's a great morning person. And he needs less sleep than me. It's so unfortunate. So unfair. I could For rule me. the world if I needed as little sleep as he does. But anyway, so he gets up early. He wakes up with the three children, six, nine, and two and prepares them for school. He changes the diapers, he brushes their teeth, he puts on their sunscreen, he gets them dressed. You should see some of those outfits, ladies. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But it's worth it for me because I'm you know, doing other things. And sometimes he'll bring me coffee or green tea in bed that I like to drink in bed in the morning. Um, and during that time, while he's getting all of that and I'm listening and just falling in love with him because he's such a wonderful dad, I am getting myself up sometimes with his help, with a beverage of necessity. And I'm doing my morning workout. Usually I do like my weight routine or whatever I do it at home. Sometimes I'll go to one of my 12-step uh, recovery meetings. And sometimes then, if I don't do that, then I'll do like some meditation, some uh, prayer time, that kind of stuff in the morning. So I have like my good solid two-hour chunk in the morning when I'm taking care of me. Because if I don't get my mind and my body right for the day, I'm a hot mess and nobody wants to be around me. He bounces out of bed, energized, running, good to go. From there, he takes, I know, I just want to tell them. I he understand. takes the kids to school. He drops them off so that I can continue my routine. Yeah. Comes back, cranks it out. We work all day. Whoever has the most urgent thing that night is for work is the one who does their urgent thing. And the other person, by default, does the kids. And then we come back together. We have one hour of our time to yep. share our days and you know do whatever yep. we want to do during that hour. And then we try to crash. 
So I just want to give an example yeah. of the fact that yes, you're building like multiple amazing businesses and you're crushing and you're doing amazing, mm -hmm. but you can feel the sensitivity to also, if I were the CEO of the domestic business, let's say in this mm -hmm. example, um, to make sure that that relationship is nurtured and I feel cared for. And then it gets better on Saturday mornings when it's not sports. He brings me coffee and sometimes breakfast in bed and lets me read a book and watch the sunrise as long as I want to and manages the kids downstairs and makes some pancakes. That is how you fall in love with your spouse every weekend. <laughs> All right. I love being lazy. So I go. hope that was of some service to you guys. Um, throw us comments. We would love to get ideas of what you'd like us to talk about next. Or if you never want to hear from us again, however that works. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have an amazing night and uh, or day or whatever time you're watching this video. And we'll talk to you soon. All See right. Ya. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you were able to find some value in this episode. And I'm so excited to announce that I just launched my first book, Executive Job Search Secrets. You can get your copy for $19.99 going over to Amazon.com right now. Or... Because of everything that's happening in the world right now with COVID, all the uncertainty, the high unemployment rates, I've actually purchased a thousand copies of this book and I'm going to send a copy to the first 1,000 people that want to take advantage of this free offer. I'm on a mission to help people get positive results in their job search and I know that the information in this book will make a positive impact in your life. So with that, I've ordered a thousand copies, I've paid for them, I want to send a free copy to everybody that wants to take advantage of this offer. All I ask of you is to cover the $8.95 for shipping and handling, and I will do the rest. I will get a copy right out to you in the mail as quickly as possible. All you have to do is go to executivejobsearchsecrets.com, enter your information, click the button, and I will send it right out to you. And I hope you have the best of luck with your search. Go out and crush it, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.